He was so nasty and so rude I that I don't so even, nasty don't ever bring so anybody rude. around me like that. So nasty and, and that's what happened. so rude. <laughs> so nasty and so rude. Well, she's telling the truth on so that one. So nasty and so rude. <laughs> um, okay. That girl is Understand a hit. Oh my gosh. Celine Dion been that girl and always will be that girl. What is that one song that I love that they always play in the Girls Restore? I can read your mind. And I know your story. I can see what you're going through. Yeah. It's an uphill climb. And I'm feeling sorry. But I know it will come to you. Don't surrender. Because you can win in this thing called love. Hey, when you want it the most, there's no easy way out. When you're ready to go and your heart's left in doubt, don't give up on your faith. Love comes to those who believe it. And that's the way it is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, a hit. Salee so ate that up. Shout out to Max Martin and shout out to Diane Warren for being phenomenal songwriters. Anyway. By the time that you guys hear this, I will literally be across the world for a trip to Asia that I have to take. And I'm really trying to honor being, you know what I'm saying, consistent. And I set 
in my mind that on the plane, the idea that I had, I'm going to flesh it out and cultivate it so that once I get back, I can put it together, drop that. In addition to getting next week's episode together, I'm really trying to be consistent. Oh my gosh, I did not say hello. Hi, hello. Welcome back <laughs> to Book Bridget's. The Ridiculously Chaotic Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Denise Jordan Zanziva. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for joining if this is your first time. Um, yeah, so by the time that you hear this, I will be across the world and pray that I make it in one piece, which honestly won't be relevant because like I said, by the time you hear this, I'll already be there. In any case, save travels over me. Give me traveling mercies because I still got to come back. Okay. But yes, I will be in Asia for a work trip. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to eat good and go exploring. Uh, it's going to be lovely. Let's see what happened this week. Where are my notes? Doja on tour. Oh, yeah. I'm very surprised that the tour actually happened. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because she's, you know, kind of been spiraling. And the last tour was canceled. So I just didn't really think that this time around it would happen. But the girlies have been posting on TikTok, you know, little clips of the show. And she doing her thing. She is doing her thing. Um, also, Mariah Carey is going on tour, which is fascinating. My sister told me that she's having a show in Detroit. Detroit. And I said, oh, that's fun. I wonder if the girls will go. I think they will. You know, I would like to see Mariah Carey in person. Talk about a strong pen. You know, there was a point in time where I used to shade the girls for not writing their own music. But honestly, it's a skill. It's truly a skill to be a strong songwriter. And not everybody has it. And you can definitely be an amazing performer but not really have the talent of the pen. I mean, Whitney Houston was that. And she admitted it. She was like, I don't write no doggone music. I can sink it down to the ground, though. And those are, I feel, two completely different modalities that you have to, you know, work through in order to be successful, being a performer and having a strong ear to know what sounds good, both generally and for your voice and activating your strengths, but also to be a songwriter, having that, that brain to put that together, that's hard. Because if you ask me to write a song, oh my goodness, it, <laughs> it would be a mess. I mean, very ABC one, two, three, horrible, 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 horrible. What is uh, the, the one, why are things escaping me in this moment? That is so disgusting. 
Now, the emancipation of Mimi, top to bottom, no skips. Not a single skip, okay? That is an album. Do you understand? She shut it down to the ground with Emancipation of Mimi. What did, this, this album had to have gone diamond. It had to. Let's see. Uh, you know you're that girl when on Wikipedia, there's a completely separate page for your discography and filmography. Oh, it's like that, y'all. It's like that, y'all. It's like da-da-da-da. We belong together. Jermaine Dupree did something on Shake It Off. And you know what? Oh, B. Cox also put his, his talents on that. That makes sense. And Jante Austin. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I know it ain't the same. And they keep on playing games like you know I'm here to stay. Baby, you could be mine again. Oh, if it's worth your while, say something, say something. If it's worth your while, say something good to me. Hey, 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 hey. If it's worth your while, do something good to me. Kanye West put his foot in. St- oh, I got to listen to this. Oh, you keep saying stay the night. Ooh, that's a hit. Oh, damn. The club about to close in a minute. Can I get your number, baby, so you and I can go and get in it? Ooh, what's the next part? She said, let me come and pick you up. Oh, and go take you out. Oh, can I get your number, baby, so I can show you what I'm all about, what I'm all about. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Wow. Top to, truly top to bottom, no skips. This is crazy. Now, see, I'm sitting here looking at the track list, and I was supposed to see if this went diamond. Uh, United States seven times platinum. That's crazy. It, it definitely should have gone diamond, unless seven times platinum is diamond. I don't know. We're not going to get into it. Anyway, Emancipation of Mimi, top to bottom, no skips. But one song that I vividly remember from childhood that I still love today is um, Can't Let Go. Oh, can't let go is so good. Even though I try, I can't let go. Something in your eyes captures. My soul, and every night I see you in my dreams. You're all I know, I can't let go. You don't even know I'm alive. You just walk on by, don't care to see me cry. Okay, I'm done. 
Uh, recap. <laughs> so we did Doja on tour. Mariah Carey is also going on tour. I might be a... That's crazy. The bullet point literally says, I might be a Barb. And that is hilarious. Am I a Nikki fan? Pull up in the Sri Lanka. What? Yeah, I don't know that I can fully classify myself as a bar because I'm not on the internet doing that weird nonsense that the super fans do of just being like very strange and and really in the weeds of all things Nicki Minaj, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. But I know quite a bit of Nicki music and I will always go to bed about this woman's talent. Cause she, she truly is very talented. And, um, I was having a conversation with Will about this, how she, she truly is her own biggest op. And I wonder if she realizes that, that there, not only is there nobody for real, for real against her, but the people that she might believe are against her can't even hold a candle to her. And that's just the fact of the matter. And there are some girls that can go toe to toe, but it doesn't dampen her light a single bit. I'm in the V like a widow's peak. It's just me and my Rolls Royce pillow seats. Why they staring at me? I brung McLaren with me. Yo, matter of fact, I think I'ma bring Donna Karen with me. And you my son, I don't know, it's just a parent in me. I am the best, I am the queen, it's so impairing in me. What? Did I say that right? Well, I'm in Hollywood with Shia LaBeouf. Most of you rappers ain't eating, that diet is rough. Wow, a hit. <laughs> Oh, Onika. The fact that I wrote down I might be a Barb is hilarious. Okay, next point. TikTok girl with the jacked up hair. Yeah, yeah. So there is this woman on TikTok that I came across who does black girl luxury content and she paused for a minute and apparently she's back with the jump off. That's another hit. This is for my beats. It's the Bentley, it's the Hummer, it's the Benz. Escalade 23-inch rims. Jumping at the Jaguar with the Thames. And keep it real and live good. East Coast, West Coast, worldwide. And all the players in the hood stay fly. And if you're bowling, let me hear you say right, right. Okay. There is a girl on TikTok who does black girl luxury type of stuff. She was gone for a minute. Now she's back with the jump off. And what made her leave is because her hair doesn't look the greatest. And I should say her natural hair. And she often wears wigs or has, you know, some sort of twist or braided style. And from her older video, she doesn't really wear her natural hair out. But she made the decision at some point to do that. And it doesn't look the greatest. And as you can imagine, the internet did what the internet does. And they lit her up in the comments. They was just like, girl, get your hair done. What's wrong with your hair? Why I look like that? And yada, yada, yada. And the video that I saw, which made me go to her page and look back, was the video of her explaining how she had to step away and now she's back. And 
she was starting to feel super self-conscious about all the comments about her hair and she just wants to, you know, live her life and do her content. I go to the comments and in this particular video, the people are like, you know, maybe you should just turn the comments off so you don't have to deal with it. And there was a couple, a couple people that were like, oh, well, if you are fine with your hair, then nothing else matters. Like you shouldn't be concerned about what other people think. Like you look great. You're doing your thing. And then there was this one person that commented and said, you know, when people talk negatively, that's just them projecting and placing their own insecurities on you. And, 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 and let me, let me just, just say this. I 110% agree with that statement. The vast majority of criticism and critique from people has a lot to do with their own personal insecurities and issues that they refuse to deal with. However, comma, if we take this situation, because let's just keep it all the way funky. Her hair was jacked up. It looks crazy. It looks crazy. And for me, it's it's like, okay, so your content is black girl luxury, but your hair not done. Make that make sense. And it's not even about respectability politics and feeding into how black women should present themselves to the world and this, that, and the third. Because let me tell you something, if this was a white girl and her, she on camera talking about she doing luxury lifestyle and her hair greasy and stringy, I'm a clown her too. Go wash your head. You look crazy. How you going to be up here pushing Louis Prada Gucci and your hair looks like that? Put some of the, the funds to, to a, a, a biweekly dry bar appointment. Because I've been to them a couple times. And if you, you know, go to someone that understands our hair, they do a decent job. They do a pretty decent job. It's like has nothing to do with me hating myself and projecting my insecurities on her. She's such a pretty girl. She has cute clothes. She has a cute home. Go get your hair done. Your head looks crazy. And that just is what it is. It has nothing to do with me being messy or shady or insecure, and it has absolutely everything to do with us facing the facts and telling the truth that this girl's hair looks a mess. Because regardless of race, if your head looks crazy, I'm gonna say your head looks crazy. Done and done. This is directly tied to us needing to bring back shame into the equation. Get yourself together. Cause that's, I think that's my biggest issue with Miss Ma'am is that she's peddling this whole luxury lifestyle. But you don't have yourself together. Like your head looks a mess. And maybe she don't know how to do her hair because I don't know how to do my hair. The only reason that I know how to put these, these twists in my hair is because of YouTube during quarantine. So that's the one braided style that I know how to do for my natural hair, blow drying it and doing some flat twists with like some mousse or something. 
that I can do, understand that I did not own a flat iron until I was 30 years old. I had never touched a flat iron to my own head or anyone else's head for that matter. Because my mom either always did my hair or I always went to go get it done. So it was just never a need. And honestly, I never developed a desire to want to do my own hair. I was like, why would I do that when I can just have someone else do it for me? You know what I'm saying? So it's not even about that. About her not how not knowing how to do her own hair. Because who cares? Just go get it done. You look crazy. What's next? Silly lady at USPO self-service. Oh, my goodness. I had a, a Mark Jacobs bag. This is the second Mark Jacobs bag that I had. Not me being able to hear the heat come on. And you know what? I'm not getting up to turn it off. I had a, a Mark Jacobs bag that was like one of the last items on my Poshmark that I needed to sell. And I wanted to sell it before I went out of town. So I decreased the price. It truly immediately sold after I decreased the price. So I go grab it. I print out the label, get my tape, and I go to the post office. Now, as you all may know, the post office has a self-service kiosk. So that for those of us that are shipping something off, priority mail, using a priority mail USPS box with a prepaid label. You put your stuff in the box, you seal it up, you slap the label on, you scan the label at the self-service kiosk, you dump it in the bin. Boom, bam, bobs. You ain't got to wait in line. You got to deal with no nonsense. So I'm at the counter by the P.O. boxes, boxing up my stuff. And there's this woman who's at the self-service kiosk struggling. I don't know what she was doing, but she was there for entirely too long. So I finished and I'm kind of lingering around waiting for her to get done. And she was moving too slow for me. So I went inside to the actual counter and it was some man at the counter with like five packages and he had a the the baby in the stroller was screaming and then of course the lady at the counter was moving slow I don't have time for this so then I heard the the drop box next to the self-service kiosk close because it's super loud and I said oh she must be done so then I turn around I see her walk into the main area of the post office and I was like okay so she for real is done I grab my box. I go to the self-service kiosk. The kiosk is on the screen to put your email in to send the, the, the confirmation receipt to your email if you don't want it printed. So I clicked the button, the button to exit out of that. And then it went to this white screen that said process and payment. And it was just stuck there. And I said, what did this lady do? What was she doing? So I tried to exercise my patience because I said to myself, now, you could go back inside and wait in that line, but that's probably going to take longer than you just standing here and waiting for a minute to see if this screen resolves itself. So I waited there. The screen eventually resolved itself. I did my thing. I scanned, you know, the box, put in my email address to get the receipt. I go to open the Dropbox 
and it's stuck. Now, usually when the Dropbox doesn't open all the way, that means that it's full. However, I'm pulling it and pulling it and I happen to, through the crack in the opening, see that old girl's box is stuck in the Dropbox. And I said, oh my gosh, out loud. And so I'm like vigorously fiddling with the the Dropbox shoes and it's not working. And this black woman comes out of the main area to exit out of the front door. And she was like, yeah, it's probably because it's full. Why it's not opening. And I was like, yeah, the lady in there, she put her box in here and it's stuck. So I don't even know if it's full for real or not because her box is just stuck in there. So then the black lady was like, Mm-mm, and it's probably stuck because it was too big and she tried to stuff it in there anyway and it was too big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I looked at her and said, mm-hmm, I love us. I love us. So then I go back, because I've already scanned it in. I just needed to leave it there. So I just went back and put it on the counter where other people had dropped off their boxes, the people that dropped off stuff where they didn't want a receipt. So I'm walking over to that area to drop off my box. Old girl with the box that's stuck in the self-service shoot it's like yeah it's it's stuck in the box and so there's another black lady who was working the counter and she said well it's probably because it was full and you tried to put it in there while it was full and the girl was like oh no because it, it opened it just I when I put the box in there it, it got stuck and she was explaining that she used the priority mailbox and then the lady was like well then that means that you tried to stuff it in there when it was full which is why it's stuck because you used a USPS box and those shoots are designed to accommodate all sizes of USPS provided boxes so the fact that you did that and it got stuck means that it was probably not opening all the way because it's full and you made the decision to try to stuff it in there anyway. And the lady just like looked at her like, oh, it turned around and left. <laughs> oh, that irritated me so bad. Cause why would you do that? Why would you do that? I... What is it? What else? Amazon playing with my time. <laughs> on Monday, I placed the order on Amazon. Bunch of stuff. 90% of it was for this trip. A portion of the order was supposed to be delivered on Tuesday. The rest of the order... Wednesday. Tuesday rolls around. I go to check the tracking. The items that were supposed to come on Tuesday were delayed. And then it said that it would be arriving 
between Wednesday or Thursday. I was annoyed, but I said, that's okay. Because I leave on Friday. I'll be okay. Today, because Wednesday rolled around, it didn't come. Today, I look at the tracking and it has now been delayed to arrive between today and next Tuesday when I'm already deeply outside of the country. I said, oh, that won't do. I gave Amazon a call. I explained the situation to the customer service representative. She takes a look into it. And she says, oh, so it looks like it was delayed because of a a shipping complication. So now this portion of the order, because all of the items, the other items in the order had arrived. It was just these four things that were delayed that were supposed to get here on Tuesday. And we are now on Thursday. She said the items that are delayed, instead of being delivered by Amazon proper, they will be delivered by UPS. So because the issue was due to a shipping, whatever, you need to speak to the logistics department. Fine. She gives me her phone number. I give him a call. I explain to the gentleman the situation. He too looks into it, sees that it's being delivered by UPS. And this man tells me, well, since it's being delivered by UPS, you're going to have to reach out to them to see about updating the delivery to have it expedited to get to you when you need it. I said, well, young man, not only does that not make any sense because the order is coming from Amazon, but even so, because you were the decision maker behind this shipment being sent through UPS as opposed to Amazon proper, I believe that means you should be the one that calls UPS and not me. It's not my responsibility to track this mess down when it was supposed to come through Amazon proper. So now what? He was like, well, you should just just give UPS a call and see if they would be able to um, expedite it. And I said, well, I've been in a similar circumstance, not with Amazon, but with other shipping delays through UPS. And if you want to make any changes on your delivery, UPS always charges a fee. I know that for a fact. And what I'm not going to do is if the option is even available for them to get it to me when I need it, what I'm not going to do is pay because all of that is supposed to be covered under my prime membership even though my sister pays for it. (laughs) But it's supposed to be covered under my Prime membership, meaning that it was supposed to be here in two days and it's not. So now what? He was like, "You, you, um, there's nothing like we can do. You have to call UPS. And I said, well, I'm going to call UPS. But if they are not able to do anything for me, I want this order canceled and my money refunded because I'm not going to be here when it arrives. I'm going to be long gone and I'm not going to have my stuff sitting by the mailboxes until I get back. I'm just not going to do that. 
So then he starts to talk about some rigmarole and I just hung up the phone in the middle of him talking because I was over it. I call UPS and exactly as I suspected, there was nothing that they were able to do for me other than me trying to schedule a specific delivery time. But the only times available were deep into next week, which does not solve the problem. And exactly like I suspected, it was for a fee. Hung up with UPS, called back Amazon's logistics department, spoke to somebody different. He was trying to give me some nonsense talking about, well, that's the risk that you take when you, you know, you place an order that it, it could come in X amount of days. And I said, let me stop you right there. First and foremost, I delivered this, I placed this order on Monday. All of the items in my order fell under Prime. The order was supposed to arrive on Tuesday and we are now on Thursday. So not only were the items ordered on Monday, but the items were supposed to get here on Tuesday because the items are listed under prime services, meaning that they should have been here on Tuesday, but there also leaves an additional buffer of Wednesday or Thursday just in case something happens and I get my products on time. So this entire trajectory that I've just outlined for you is the exact same thing that I cycled through when I placed the order on Monday. And I was strategic about my search to ensure that I was ordering items that fit the bill of what I needed, but also would get here in time so that I can take them on my trip. What you are suggesting, young man, carries no relevance because the reason that it is delayed is exactly that. It is delayed, meaning that it was some sort of Amazon issue that caused it to not get here when it was supposed to get here. That means that the issue that we're trying to work through has absolutely nothing to do with when I place this order or anything on my part. So cut the malarkey. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know what? I, I need to speak to a supervisor because this is getting ridiculous. He was talking about some leave a note on the door and, you know, tell UPS to refuse. It. And I said, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I've already talked to UPS, which I told you multiple times in this call. And they gave me the available options. But I'm not leaving a note on my door to tell them to, to keep it. I'm not going to do that. And I also am not going to be here to both receive the package or refuse it. He's talking about UPS will call me. No, they're not. And I said it exactly like that. I said, no, they're not. They are not going to call me. The package is not listed as something that needs a signature. So they're either going to leave it here Or if you guys do what you're supposed to do and do what I'm asking of canceling it and sending me a refund, they won't make the delivery. However, you need to be the one that's cycling through these, these processes because I'm not doing nothing no more. 
So he did a bunch of hemming and hawing, and I demanded to speak to a supervisor. So I get connected to a supervisor, explain the whole situation to her. She says, I am so sorry because you have received false information all the way up to this point. You should not be the one that's reaching out to UPS. You were absolutely right by saying that that is our responsibility because it is our responsibility. We do have a way of connecting with the the delivery carrier because we are the ones that organize all of that. And like you said, if you try to make arrangements with the carrier directly, they're going to charge you. And you shouldn't have to pay anything because all of this falls underneath your prime membership. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for being someone that understands exactly what I understand. So she said, no worries. I'm going to put you on a brief hold and see if there's anything that I can do to get the items to you Friday morning. And then if not, we'll just issue you a, you a refund. She puts me on hold for maybe about five to six minutes. Then the call drops. I'm pissed. I'm pissed off, okay? The call just drops. So I call back. I explained to the woman that answered the phone. I didn't go through the whole saga. But I said I was on hold because I got transferred to a supervisor for an issue that I'm seeking to resolve. She placed me on hold. And she was aiming to try to get the items that are delayed to me within the time frame that I needed. And then if she wasn't able to do that, she was going to issue me a refund. So the woman placed me on hold. Then she came back and she said, now I can't get you specifically to the supervisor that you were talking to, but I can just get you to a supervisor if that's fine. I said, that's fine. So she connected me to another supervisor. I explained to them the situation and they issued, allegedly issued me a refund. I got to, um, I have to talk to my sister to see if they sent an email since the prime account is under her. See if they sent an email about my refund because no, are you crazy? This is so ridiculous. Run me my money. Where is my money? Because even if it does, because I don't know, she said that she canceled the order and that she would be issuing a refund and then gave, you know, it'll be there in three to seven business days, depending on your bank, yada, yada, yada. But even if it does end up, you know, showing up through her allegedly canceling it, it's just like these items are mine now and I'm not paying for them because all of the rigmarole that I had to go through to get some solid, solidified answers to reach a solution, the fact that it was even delayed in the first place. And it's like, yeah, you know, I know things happen, but I just needed for things to not happen this time around, which is not really saying much because that's my entire attitude about everything. I need for the thing, you know, the inconvenience to not happen every single time. (laughs) I don't do well with minor inconveniences. But that was just so crazy to me. And it was just like, what did Kim say? That nobody wants to work anymore because people, 
I need for people to understand because it's it's exactly like what I talked about with um, the the ADHD medication and how I had to go up to that doctor's office to speak to her because don't play with me. I I don't play about about my money and my things. I am not the type of person who's just going to let it go. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I feel like I said one day I would probably tell the story about my mattress. And it's not even really that dramatic. It's actually very similar to the ADHD story. But when I first moved here and I got first moved here, not necessarily to Chicago, but to the current apartment that I'm in, I bought a new mattress. It's quite lovely. It is a um, a Siemens Beautyrest Black. It's divine. So I got the mattress from Value City Furniture. Ghetto! Anyway, I got the mattress from Value City Furniture. It was already on sale when I bought it, but less than a week later... I happened to be on the website looking for something else and I saw that it was quite a bit cheaper than what I paid. I called up to the store and asked for um, a price adjustment and the woman on the phone told me that um, she would write you know, the information down and have the, the manager make the adjustment. I said, okay, that's fine. How will I know that it's done? She said, we will, um, we'll, we'll send you a receipt. So they did that. The manager, you know, made the adjustment and they did send me a receipt. However, the adjustment was incorrect. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he was looking at, but the adjustment was not proper. I called back. It was the same woman. And I asked to speak to the manager because clearly having the situation handled through her was not efficient because I don't know. I was like, I don't know how you explain this to him, but he did it wrong. So she's hemming and hawing and, and, uh, places me on hold and then comes back to the phone and, you know, tries to say that he's not available and he'll give me a call back. And I said, oh, so he's up there right now. And she said, yes, but he's working with a customer. Fabulous. I'm on my way. Don't do that. Cause what you're not going to do is try to push me off and act like you don't want to help me and not even act like you don't want to help me because you don't want to help me. But you think that I'm just going to let it go. No, that's not going to happen. I'm coming up there. And this particular location was in the suburbs. And I, I don't care. Here, near, far, <laughs> wherever you are. Right after I said I don't like that song. I don't care near, far, wherever you are. I'm coming up there. If you don't do what I asked you to do. I grabbed my pocketbook and my keys and I got in the car and I drove up there. I went up to the counter and I said, hi, 
you might have been the person I was just on the phone with about 15 or 20 minutes ago and I asked for a manager and he was busy. I'll sit over here and wait until he's ready if you could let him know that I'm here. She said, oh, okay, okay, okay. I sat down. He was actually working with the customer. Once he was finished, he came over. And was like, hi, yeah, so... And I think I said this, uh, I definitely said this, talking about the ADHD story, how I just love it when people try to trap you in a moment of, oh, so you, you, know, you don't really fully know what you're talking about. No, because I actually do. He was like, yeah, so I just, I just, because uh, you know, the price adjustment period is X amount of days. And so the price that you saw, I just need to um, make sure that it is still valid within the time frame. And I said, okay, that's fabulous because I actually already have it pulled up on my phone right here. And I also printed out this exact same listing that's time stamped on the printout. So you can see the date and the specific time down to the seconds that this price was effective. If you want to, you know, go to the back to your little computer and, and cross-reference, you can do that as well. But here are two valid sources of information to show you that the price that I saw is not only within the proper time, rank, time frame for a price adjustment, but it's also valid because it's currently still that same price. So he was like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. So he took, he looked at my phone and they took the printout and then he lived in the system and like I said, verified that the price was there. And that it fell within the time frame for the price adjustment. And he made the correction. Don't play with me. Just like, don't do that. Do not do that. I do not mind confrontation. Which is so fascinating because when it comes to people that I truly love and care about, I get a little like, when it comes to confrontation, but if it's anybody else, I'm stepping to you and I'm not going to be nasty. I'm not going to be rude, but you're going to, you're going to comply with me because I've been nothing but nice and accommodating and sweet. I've provided ample information. So you need to step up and do your job and do what I asked you to do. It's really that simple. It is really that simple. And if you don't want to do that, then I'm going to have to come up there. You're going to have to see me. Amazon is lucky that they don't have, you know, in-person customer service offices because I would grab my pocketbook and my keys and drive up there and be at that desk. I really would. Don't try it. I am not the girl to let great idea, wrong girl. I am not the one that lets it go. I'm just not. You're going to see my face and you're going to fix it. What's this last point for the recap before we move on? Oh, child. So I had to do a little training session for a um, professional development opportunity that I am a part of. And the training session directly after, well, a couple days after, we had to do a teach back to pretty much just, you know, verify that the information that we learned in the training session prior stuck. So how it happened is that there was a singular PowerPoint presentation that was broken up into specific sections. 
And then everyone that was a part of the training got to choose which section they wanted. So we didn't, it wasn't enough people in the training session to cover all of the sections of the PowerPoint. So the facilitator in her communication to us about the, the sections we could choose from, she only chose a select few. Now, in her detailing of all of the information for the teach back, in the portion of the email where she listed out the available sections that we could choose from, she listed them in order as they show up in the presentation, meaning that, you know, the first section that was available was higher up in the presentation. The last one was closer to the end, if not the last section, so on and so forth. I made my choice. I chose the first section because I was like, I just want to do it and get it over with. And then everyone else chose their sections. Now, a part of this teach back was we only had about 10 minutes each to present. It is no secret that I am a long winded gal. And I, of course, went over time. Now, the woman that went after me, she also went over time, which, you know, of course, whenever you have a, a, a presentation or any sort of event that's running on a specific timeline, if one portion of the program goes over, it can derail the entire thing unless something happens to get caught up and back on track. So that's exactly what happened. I ran over on time. I realized it and apologized. The woman after me ran on time, over on time. She realized it and, you know, apologized. Huna, huna, huna. Now, one of the women, a part of this training session, the training session was on Zoom. At every point, Of this process from, you know, notification of us needing to take this training all the way up until we got the information on the teachbacks. At every point, it was explained that the teachback session would be on Zoom, not Teams. One of the participants, even through the multiple chains of communication about it being on Zoom, started the meeting on Teams. Because if you're not familiar in Outlook, when you create a calendar appointment, unless you create, unless you have Zoom connected to Outlook, to where you schedule a Zoom meeting in Zoom first, and then it bounces you to Outlook to create the calendar invite. If you go into Outlook directly, create a calendar invite and just copy and paste the Zoom details, when you compose or when you, you know, pull up the calendar invite, as soon as you click invite attendees or participants or whatever it says in Outlook, it automatically generates a team's meeting and then you have to you know manually turn it off so that it doesn't have those team meetings details so that it can only show the zoom meeting details that you've you know copied and pasted from zoom 
So that was the circumstances that the facilitator created the meeting in in Outlook rather than creating it in Zoom and, you know, through the integration, building the invite that way. So the the information in the calendar invite had both the Zoom credentials and the Teams credentials. But again, there was so many points that it was explained that the session would be on Zoom. How she still managed to, to start the Teams call, I don't know. So that's number one. Number two, while someone else is presenting, I happened to go into the Teams chat for the meeting and I see that she put in there, can so-and-so shorten up her presentation because I'm starting to get a little antsy because I, I have something at the office that I need to be at and I, I thought this was going to end at 1045. Girl, what? Who do you think you are? So then we get through everybody and it gets to her because the person that was right before her, the facilitator, in a very nice and gentle way, cut her short because she's, she was like, you know, we're running a little over on time and so-and-so um, needs to get to such and such activity at work. So then the person was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm sorry that I ran over. And she was like, no, no worries. We just want to make sure we can get through everybody before um, – before the meeting time ends. So then we close out the presentation of that person and then it goes to Miss Ma'am. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I have to get to the, the such and such thing at, at the office. And I thought this was going to end at 1045. So I'm just trying to hurry up and go. It's important to note that a part of the, the teach backs that was, Essentially, a thing that we were being evaluated on based on the training session was how to how well we're able to facilitate a session, which includes flexibility, being able to adjust, so on and so forth. Now, we all have an awareness that this is not an actual training session that we're facilitating with participants, but our behavior should reflect that, right? So why are you in a chat that's open to everyone that's on this Zoom call saying, can so-and-so hurry up so I can go? That's crazy. That is so crazy. And it's like, Baby, I know that you probably woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, and I get it. I get it. I can't tell you how many times I, too, have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, and I start my day incredibly discombobulated. We should have known that you was in the funk when you went on Teams instead of Zoom. That's when we should have knew. But also, this particular teach-back session happened on a Monday. And it was scheduled the prior week. Meaning, 
that it was on your calendar at the same time as the appointment that you needed to go to physically right after. Because that's that's something that I forgot to notice that she was on this call from her home. And there were some people that were, you know, on the call from their home, some from in the office. But because this this appointment that was right after the siege back session was on your calendar for weeks, at least two weeks prior to the teach back session being scheduled. So then the teach back session is scheduled and you open up your calendar and you see that it's back to back. There was only a 15 minute window because these are all, we're, we're all at the same organization. So the appointment that she had to go to, I had an awareness of, I just wasn't going because it was an all-organization thing. So it was on everybody's calendar. So I knew exactly what she was talking about. There was only a 15-minute window between the teach-back session and this appointment. You saw these two items on your calendar last week. You saw that there was only a 15-minute window between the two, why did you make the decision to stay at home for this beginning portion instead of just going into the office to take the call for the teach back session so that even if we ended on time, you wouldn't be pressed to to grab your stuff and get your keys and get in the car and go into the office and find a parking spot and make it to this appointment on time. You would have just locked your computer, grabbed your badge, and went to your next appointment. It's just like, you have an attitude with us because of your poor planning. The fact of the matter is that I went over on time, other people went over on their time. We should not have done that. Like we were supposed to, that was a part of the mechanics of the session was to make sure that you keep your eye on the time and you, you stick to it, right? I ain't do that. And that's something that I need to work on because I never do that. I have a really hard time like managing that whenever I'm presenting something. Because one, I'm long-winded, but also just like that habit of taking a look at the clock and being able to to filter myself to to get everything out that needs to be said and wrap it up to keep on time. I just, I, I, I'm not operating in that way currently. However, meetings go over all the time. Like this is not exclusive to, to this group. Like a regular, regular meeting can go over. And it's nothing wrong with saying, hey guys, I got to pop over to this other appointment. Um, so I don't know, you know, what we need to do to to make sure I can go ahead and go. Like maybe I can do my portion and then I can head out and someone else can go or what we can do. But I just I just have to, you know, be out at 945 when the call is supposed to end. It's nothing wrong with saying that. Honor your time and your commitments. But don't be nasty about it, especially when you are all out of sorts. Please. So that's it um, <laughs> for the recap. I'm going to try to do a little vlog situation while I'm out. We'll see. 
we'll see. Oh, speaking of presentations, I had another present. I took this uh, another professional development course and I did my final presentation last week. I kind of ate that up. I'm not going to lie. I made a little video in my presentation of like animations and a voiceover and um, BGM background music. I was very proud of it. And I say all that to say that I might do, you know, a little vlog situation while I'm out of town. But I don't necessarily know if I, I have the eye like that. But who cares? Let's just, you know, play with it, rotate it. Let's see what what I can do, what I can come up with. Okay, that's it. Let me, because uh, my lips are dry and my throat is hoarse, which means I'm talking too doggone much. <laughs> So let me get a swig of water, slap some aquaphor on these lips. Also take my contacts out because my eyes are burning. And we'll get into the message. This week's message, it still comes from TikTok, but it is a photo set of a series of tweets. The TikTok channel is channel. The TikTok page, I guess, is the Rainy Chronicles, I think. I'll link it like I always do. But the actual tweets, the screenshot of the tweets comes from the Kayanova, the Kayanova. Don't get me to lie. <laughs> but the tweets start here and say with this. Say with this. They say this. Why I spoil myself as a black woman. I thought I would get to an age and folks would just adorn me romantically, platonically, professionally. But that's false. Everywhere I have to work and defend myself and fix things and try to matter. So when I earn money, I repair myself. Black women are given the crumbs of the crumbs, but we're expected to be so much. And it doesn't end. Some days I just get so overwhelmed trying to exist, but there's one thing I can count on. My own ability to build the life I want down to every inch every moment, every piece. So when it's my birthday, it's a holiday. When I accomplish anything, it's a party. It's a reason to spoil me. When I wake up, that's worthy of a treat because who else is going to do it? Who else will make someone like me feel seen? Yeah, exactly. Once I learned so much of womanhood is waiting, waiting for a partner, waiting for a proposal, waiting for marriage, waiting for motherhood, waiting for a promotion. I just got incredibly frust frustrated. Who, what am I beyond that? How do I take control of my life? I just needed to know there's things I can do now that are meaningful to my existence that don't require waiting on a thing. I want joy now. I want hope now. I want love now. So yeah, as much space for my own self as I can, because what else? Oh, no. So, yeah, I make as much space for my own self as I can. Because what else is there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just had a conversation uh, with Adia where... Because the, the... And I think that there is a difference between people that are criers and people that are just emotional. I would consider myself to be very emotional, but I don't consider myself to be a crier. Because I know of people both that I know personally and that just, you know, have entered into my ether in some way, shape or form. 
who cry at the drop of a dime at everything. No rhyme or reason, no matter what the circumstance is, they just cry. Whereas me, (laughs) I'm going to cry. The tears are going to shed, but I have to be incredibly frustrated or overstimulated, incredibly sad, depressed, or just overflowing with happiness and appreciation If I'm feeling super sentimental and nostalgic, I'll shed a tear. So there are very specific emotions that lead to my tears as opposed to my automatic response to the vast majority of things being crying. And when it comes, there used to be a time for me where I would cry in private I would, you know, keep it cute in public. And then if I was feeling a specific motion, duck away to the bathroom, whether it be the bathroom in a public place or wait until I get home to go into the bathroom or the closet or wait until I get to my car, wait until I'm somewhere alone by myself to where I can let it all out. I am now in a place at 32 years old where whoever sees me cry, they're going to see me cry. If the tears want to come, they're going to come. And it just is what it is. I I don't feel ashamed about it. I don't feel any sort of way. I don't have this desire to uphold a particular image to where people see me as just this like strong, unwavering being that's, you know, very hard and, and sturdy. Don't care. You see me how you see me, whether that be happy, sad, angry, whatever the emotion is, you're going to experience that. I'm not hiding anything anymore. And I was telling Adia that I've gotten to a place where I'm more settled in the understanding that I am a tall, intelligent, fashionable human being. I truly am the Dawn Ziva. And there's literally nothing, not a single that someone can say or do to me that will make me feel like a loser because the credentials both explicit and implicit are long and strong and my biggest op my only op is me I am my own worst critic. I am my own worst enemy. And there's no one else. Not a single person. Having been in this pit of severe depression for the past few months, I'm starting to to inch my way out of it. I mean, gripping the sand, dirty fingernails, crusty lips, in the desert struggling, but trying to make it through. One of the things that I'm really leaning into that I've already come to terms with, but I haven't really done a good job of fully embodying it, is
really accepting the fact that who I am is incredibly magnificent. Truly. It is incredibly magnificent. I know that I've mentioned this before in prior episodes, but the the habit that I used to hold of trying to make myself malleable and flexible to the extent of not wanting to ruffle any feathers or to ensure, or I should say to seemingly ensure that people saw me in a positive light. That's down the drain. Who I am inherently is a, a, a light, positive person. I do have my my quirks and qualms. Um, I am quite a bit of a pessimist. I I approach the vast majority of things with a, a glass half empty lens. Very much always expecting the worst never expecting or anticipating the best. And even when the best surfaces and shows itself, not really fully embracing it out of this false sense of protection that if I do embrace it, that once all of the the glitter falls away, that that will save me from the sadness of no longer being in this haze of delight, right? It's all very crazy and needs to be worked out in therapy. But I say all of this to say, to relate back to the that thread of tweets, in that I hold the power. I truly hold the power and the life that I seek to live and I want for myself, the person that is holding it back is me because I'm not putting my trust or faith in a single person on this earth to give me the existence that I'm looking for, to lead me to an opportunity or opportunities that will help me to work toward the existence that I'm seeking to live. It's, it's all on me. And in fact, I would just, another thing that I need to work through in therapy is this, the, the reliance on anyone or anything. It just, it just doesn't exist. Even the, the, the people that I love who love me back, it's just like, I I don't want to owe anybody anything even though that's not the case. And for me, in dealing with the people that I love, for my view of them, that never has and never will be the case. I give because I want to. And if I didn't want to, 
I wouldn't give. There is no giving and expecting it back. I just give it because I want to and because I love you. If you give it back, that's cool. But I'm not seeking that. And it's not my motivation for giving with this idea that it will be reciprocated. I just do it because I know that it's going to help you or make you happy, whatever the case may be. And I want to see you in that state. But I, 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 I don't necessarily accept that for myself, you know, for everybody else. So I just kind of keep a leash, whether it be short or long, the leash is there. Anyway, to, to circle back to the, the message... It's really just about me being so serious about pouring into myself. The clothes that I bought this past weekend, I was, I already told you guys that shopping just energizes me and it gets me excited. And it's not even the act of going to the stores and spending money. It's going to the stores and yes, spending money, but spending money on things that I, I'm excited about and that look good and that I look good in. It really, you know, butters my biscuits <laughs> instead of burns them. And I need to, to, to lean more into that, to get back to really pulling my closet together to make these adjustments with my space that I want to make be back consistent with going to the movies like I used to do and seeing just random stuff just because I love going to the movies by myself, going out to restaurants, eating good. Oh, I love to eat good. Going out to restaurants and eating good. Just really like her her tweet said, truly pouring into myself. Because nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to do it but me. There's so much that is out of our control So I really have to be serious about hyper-focusing on the things that I can control. And like she said, not waiting. Because if I choose to wait, I will be sitting in this chair, mouth hanging open, crusty, shriveled up, the Crips Keeper. If I make the decision to wait and mm -mm, that ain't happening. I told uh, the group chat that if I had the funds, I would definitely stay under the knife. Most definitely. And not even because I look crazy right now, but just the, just the little tweaks. Like I would, you know, get some filler and my laugh lines and in these lines in between my eyebrows, right at the top of the bridge of my nose, um, 
the girl said that Diana Ross allegedly got some some hair plugs, some hair implants. And if that's true, I would do that because it's a different process than, you know, well, it's actually a similar procedure, but it's not necessarily the same concept as the, the girls that are trying to renew their hairline and they go into Turkey to get the procedure done or whatever. Like she allegedly, allegedly put some hair plugs in her hair. So she essentially probably just like took some human hair and fused them in her scalp. And I guess maybe, and it's, this is such a crazy concept. The fact that people started this rumor, cause I'm like, how does that work? Does the, the, the hair fuse to your growing hair follicle? Like what's happening here? Anyway. Oh, this is a, a random note that is like completely unrelated. So there is an apartment complex out in the suburbs that I like. And I called them and left a voicemail. I sent an email on the, you know, the website had the the inquiry form. I filled that out, sent it in. Do you know that nobody responded to me? Now, this particular building, my nail tech, she is in the the main floor, one of the retail spaces in the main floor. So I was telling her about this and she gave me the information of the assistant property manager so I could contact her directly. So I sent her an email today and I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking to move in the spring, summer-ish. And I was wondering if you could let me know what the current pricing is for the one and two bedrooms. Because I know that it likely will change by the time that I'm ready to move, but it would still allow me to, you know, kind of gauge based on the pricing and what's included in the rent price, if it will be, you know, feasible for me and my budget. This woman responds and says, hi. Uh, so, Unfortunately, I'm not able to provide availability at this time due to you not moving until the spring summer. So um, what we can do is connect um, in the next couple of months in like, you know, late winter when it gets closer to the time that you're ready to move to take a look at availability. Ma'am, that's not at all what I asked you. That's not what I asked you and you completely completely missed my actual question and I responded and I said that's fabulous that works for me we can connect in late winter to to gauge the availability at that time however I would like to return to my original actual question what is the current rate of the one and two bedroom units I'm not asking about availability I'm not asking to come take a tour I'm not asking for the square footage. I'm not asking for you to hold uh, an available unit now until when I'm ready to move. I'm not asking for anything in regards to availability. I asked you about pricing. What is the current rate of the one to two bedroom units? Does the rental price include any sort of accommodations, parking, certain utilities, whatever? That is what I'm asking, knowing that when I am actually ready to move, that the pricing more likely than not will be different. 
But at the very least, the current price will allow me to gauge if once I'm ready to move, that what I would be looking to pay fits within the confines of what you all are requiring. And then she responded with a range of what the price was for the one to two bedrooms. Do people not read? What's, what's, what's happening upstairs with everyone? Because I'm very concerned. I am incredibly concerned. There has been entirely too many instances to where people are just not reading or comprehending what's being said to them. And it's very confusing as to how the takeaway or the ask is being completely missed when it's so explicit. In text, I said to you, what is the current pricing? I said nothing about availability, nothing. I don't know if your brain contorted me mentioning that my lease is up in the summer to mean that I was looking for availability. But if those words aren't there, why would you respond to something that wasn't asked? You know what I'm saying? Which goes into comprehension. Like you just created a question in your head and responded to something that absolutely did not exist. What happened? The girls are not eating their Wheaties and taking their vitamins. As New York said, it's clicking. And it's clicking down. Uh, that is the message. Um, I need to get back to my scrolling so I can have an updated repertoire of messages to bring. But that's really what it's about, pouring into yourself. I'm very excited for this trip, even though it's a work trip, to be able to just explore and see a part of the world that this will be my first time going to. I've never been to Asia. So being able to go and experience this part of the world and explore and see, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be very hot, and I do not like hot weather. But we're, we're going to make do. We're going to make do. And I spend most of my time indoors for the work meetings. So it's really just on my free time when I'm navigating, dealing with the heat then. I cannot wait to go to an Asian convenience store. I can't wait. And get on a kitty. Oh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's close out this segment <clears throat> so we can get to the boycott and I can throw these clothes in the suitcase and go to bed. I'm boycotting the, the tip screen whenever you go inside, you know, some bakery or cafe or whatever. And you in the the you know the square POS, and it gets to the temp screen. I'm I'm pressing no tip. I'm pressing no tip because what makes you think that you opening the case and grabbing a croissant and putting in the bag 
is is deserving of the tip. That's what you're here for. This is the job that you're supposed to be doing as the cashier of this establishment is to grab that bakery item and put it in a bag and hand it to me. What am I tipping you for? I can't remember what establishment it was, but I remember reading an article where this woman was saying that in all of her stores, she doesn't have that screen because first and foremost, she pays her employees what she considers to be a decent livable wage. But also she did a little case study to where for a moment she had it and then she took it away. And she noticed that people were frequenting the store more when that that screen wasn't present because it's awkward and moderately intimidating because the cashier is just standing there staring at you. And I mean, the screen is flipped so that it's facing you. But then if it's people, cause you know, certain types of people have zero physical awareness and understanding of spatial relations. And they stand so close to you when you know, you're in line or queuing to wait for something. Why? Why is your nose practically touching my shoulder? For what reason? Why do you feel the need to stand so close? Why? You don't know me. That also gets into a conversation of people who, and... In alignment with, you know, me getting older and caring less, I have gotten to a place where I'm not moving out of the way. This is the travel path that I'm walking. You are crossing my travel path. You have to move. I'm not moving so that you can go past. And in the instances where people have run into me and I looked at them crazy and they're like, oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I bet you are. Wake up and move. Ain't nobody about to move out the way for you. And I'm big. I am 5'9", over 200 pounds, which might be surprising to some, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, I am over 200 pounds at 5'9". You see me. Move out the way. Move out the way. I'm with my girls and we all need space. When the queen comes through, Paul, like the rest say, move out the way. How many times I'm going to say it? We got derailed a little bit. Yeah, you, you, you want me to tip you? Is that what you want? Well, guess what? You'll never get it. You're never going to get it. Everybody wants a tip. Everybody wants a tip. Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to tip my hairstylist. I'm going to tip my nail tech. I'm going to tip the wait staff at a sit-down restaurant. Because the fact of the matter is that when it comes to cosmetic services, I'm very particular about what I want And if someone is able to execute and achieve that, because I'm 
I mean, everyone's a critic, but I'm a critic when it comes to my nails, my brows, my hair, especially my nails and my hair. Talk about being a crier versus emotional. If my hair is ugly, I will boo-hoo cry. I mean, Mariah Carey wall slide cry if my hair is ugly. So if I encounter a stylist who's able to give me exactly what I want, I'm paying her fee or his fee because I've had some male hairstylists that got me together and I'm tipping them because finding good cosmetic service providers is so hard, especially in 2023. So not only am I going to honor the fact that you were efficient, I didn't have to deal with no rigmarole to book the appointment. When I came in, I was immediately seen. I wasn't here all day. But you also gave me exactly what I wanted, which is very rare for me. So I'm going to honor that. And the same with my nails. You give me exactly what I want and you're consistent, I'm going to tip you because the fact of the matter is that that should be the standard, but it's not. But you, you have, you at the local coffee shop and you brewing up my coffee and, and putting this little ham and cheese croissant in the bag and you want to tip, go to hell. You're not getting it. You're never going to get it. You're not going to get it. And you know what also pisses me off? I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but when these places, and it's usually like the, the, the you know, neighborhood cafes where they add on a, a little service fee. Why? And this is in addition to tax. So this is not, like this is, you know, you go in and you place your order, you get your food and you go. And they add on a service fee. There's a place actually near my apartment where they add on a service fee to every order and it's a certain percentage of the order. And they say that the service fee is to support a livable wage for the employees. What that got to do with me? Why do I have to supplement these people earning a livable wage? If you run in a business and you can't afford to pay these people what they need to be paid, then you shouldn't have this business. Why are you putting it on the consumer? And this is your business. Because at that point, baby, <laughs> I need to be getting a cut of the profits then. If I'm helping to support these people's paychecks, that means I got a stake in this little coffee shop. Okay? That is so crazy to me. That don't make no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -mm. But yeah. Um, oh, we it's late. And I need to put these clothes in the suitcase. All of my clothes are set aside. I just have to put them in the suitcase and determine shoes. So let me get the heck off this mic. And fix me a little snack. Toss on some music. Get this stuff packed up. Take a shower. And go to bed. Because 
thankfully, my flight is not until the afternoon, but I still kind of want to get up a little bit earlier in the morning. Well, I have to get up early in the morning because I have to sort some visa paperwork. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) I'm going to get off this mic. I hope you all have a fabulous week. And I will see. Oh, you know what? The fact that nobody is writing into me is so nasty and so rude. And I just feel like if y'all don't want to talk to me, just say that. Just say, I don't want to talk. We don't want to talk to you. We're not emailing you. We don't care, girl. And I say, okay. Let me shut my fast up. Okay, I will shut up. I will shut all the way up. Just let me know. Just be honest. (laughs) Anyway, like I said, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it as always. You guys have a fabulous week. I certainly will make every attempt to enjoy mine. And I will see y'all on the flip side. Thank you. Bye.